This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Well, good evening uh, to the latest episode of the Forever Bristol City podcast. The final score at Ashton Gate, Bristol City nil, Birmingham City won. Not a great performance at all. We dropped to eighth, still just four points off the top, but it was another, as I said on Twitter uh, an hour or so ago, shabby performance. Joining me this evening are the usual suspects, Dave Febs, Mark and uh, Ian. Um, as we normally do, guys, let's have your brief... Uh, Quick resume of the game, just general thoughts, and then we'll get into team selection and dissect bits and pieces of the match. I'll come to you first, Mark. Briefly, your thoughts on the game. Pretty poor, and that's an understatement. Yeah, um, yeah City went for 4-3-3 again, and really, uh, sort of in a way, they picked up where they left off against QPR, frustrating uh, in, in possession, not creating too many chances. We're pretty uh, competent at the back, the same back four, but offered nothing, go, really nothing going forward. And to go from the end of the first half where we looked like we were going on, getting on top with 4-3-3, but down to behind, we switched to a 4-4-2, but offered no whip whatsoever and then fell asleep at a corner after a flurry of Birmingham chances. And yeah. that, that was the end of that. Yeah. Ian, your, uh, your uh, initial thoughts on the game? I thought we, we set up wrong. Um, I don't like the formation. I kept saying it even when we're winning. I don't like uh, three, three. well, I suppose you call Semenyo more of a winger than a striker, to be honest, but I don't like that setup because we haven't got anybody in midfield to give them the ball. Um, so I, I, I don't think I could, as, as, um, if I had to sum it up quickly, which is what you asked for, um, a very poor, another very poor home performance. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, I think I've read somewhere that it's uh, only three goals in our last six home games. But we'll come on to that in a minute about home form. Dave, uh, your views, and then if I throw it back in addition to that, your views on the game and that starting lineup. I mean, two defensive fullbacks at home against a side that hadn't won any of their previous six games. So, uh, thoughts on the game and that starting lineup. 
Um, I think from a from game point of view, it's kind of game two halves, really. I, I thought we, we grew into the first half and I thought we built pressure on them and eventually we start to create you know, a number of small chances. It wasn't free-flowing, but I think if you look at Birmingham's foul count, every time we tried to get away from them in the first 25 minutes, they fouled someone. Mm. And once the referee looked like he might start going into his pocket, they stopped fouling and we started to build, I wouldn't call it a head of steam, probably a, a, a low simmer. Um, and we got into half time. I was pretty comfortable. I thought more of the same for the second half. And, you know, if we get the goal, great. But, you know, I'd have probably taken a, a, a nil-nil. I know that's quite negative, but against a team like Birmingham, just don't, just don't let yeah. them get the goal. And, and that's eventually what happened. In, ter- yeah. in terms of the, the kind of second part of your question, line up, I, I don't have a problem with the, the fullbacks. I, I, I don't call them defensive fullback. Probably Mariapa's the more conservative of the two. But we saw him getting forward into final third, making runs outside outside Wells. Tommy Rosa, a left-sided midfielder, so I, I wouldn't call him defensive. Um, so I, 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 don't, I don't have a problem with the starting, starting 11 at all. But I think the, no, the, pro- okay. the problem was how... how we, how we changed in the in the, in the second yeah. half. Really. Well, we we'll come on to that. We we'll come on to that in uh, when we go through the second half. I mean, Ian, you said we set up wrong. So, what would your starting be? Would you have put the, the more attacking? I mean, Hunt got forward more in the time that he was on, which was probably ten minutes, and uh, Mariapa did all game. I wasn't overly impressed with Mariapa today. But how would you have set the side up, Ian? Not that it was ever going to be your uh, choice. Well, Mar- Mar- Mariapa's uh, centre back, so he's playing out. He's playing out of position. I thought he did okay defensively, particularly in the first half. Uh, but Hunt's always going to give you more going forward. Um, I, I, I've got, I had no problem with Tommy Rose starting because I thought he had a, a decent game the other mm-hmm. night. And he's not normally that bad going forward. And he has got a goal or an assist in him. Um, so if you're going to play four at the back, I've kept on about it. Um, I, I think... I think he had Obson's choice today in a way. But if if you're going to play, I would have rather that today he said, well, I'm not going to go for because I, I haven't got the midfield to do it. Brunt um, was all right today. He wasn't as, as bad as he was. <laughs> that's that's comparing against a very low bar, isn't it, really? To be well, fair. it is really. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think if you look at the setup, you've, you've got Brunt in there who hasn't really got the legs. You've got O'Dowd who had a lot of energy and got fouled a lot. I'll, I'll say that. Um, and Adam Nash, who gets around the pitch very well. Um, and then, who? But who's going to play in the wide players if they play yeah. wide? Yeah. And and if you're not going to play uh, like that, I would rather see us go back to three five two. Uh, play either Mariapa or Moore as, as, as the third centre-back because we haven't got our best team available because of all the injuries. But but get Backinson back into the midfield. And he yeah. didn't look great when he came on, I've got to be perfectly honest. But get Backinson back in, play three midfield players and try and get the ball wide quickly to the wing-backs and then go down the middle with Martin and Gigi. Where yeah. you've got some physicality because we just don't seem to be able to keep hold of the ball. No, and when we've no. got it, we've got it. We give it away. The distribution from the back was poor. The passing in midfield was poor. The number of times we had a pass on, and we passed it behind the player in possession. Yeah, uh, behind the player who who wanted to receive the ball. It was just, 
and, and we've been well, like it was that. sterile. It was sterile. Let me well, move yeah, on. Yeah, but to, we've been uh, like that for for weeks. Well, we, we come on no to tempo. Uh, forward, no, we look forward to the uh, and the the shape of the side going forward. Let's focus a bit more on the game uh, today as a specific uh, thing. And and Mark, um, I mean, would you start? I mean, we're, we're led to believe that Backinson isn't 100% fit and maybe he's fatigued because of recent illness. But would you start with Backinson and say, give me your all for 45 minutes and then bring your experienced player on in Brunt or Masengo for that matter? So, Or would you start with Brunt, who, as Ian said, had a better game, but, you know, compared to what? What, what were your thoughts on that lineup, uh, Mark, very briefly? I think... <laughs> I mean, the problem with Brunt is he, he very limited going forward. I mean, he, he, you know, he, he played all the set pieces, didn't he, really? He took the corners. He, he took uh, a good corner that Callas almost scored. Uh, fortunately, it was yeah. on his left foot behind the goalkeeper and Colin hit it off the line. And I think he played he played one in between the, between Roberts and, uh, and Dean. That, uh, a great ball through the middle that O'Dowd had just fell to get hold of the, the keeper picked up towards the end of the first half. But I think Backinson offers more going forward. He can tackle and he can pass the ball forward and he's he's much he's more dynamic. Uh, Tinian mentioned in the uh, commentary that he's only had about four training sessions in the past four weeks. Although I don't know if it is four weeks, but that's what he said due to COVID and his migraines. But you think if he's fit enough to be on the bench, yeah, I start him, which is going to be a much more powerful Blackburn team uh, on on Wednesday, but it yeah. was our our very poor possession in the first fifteen twenty minutes. We couldn't string three passes together. No. Like Ian said, we were just I mean we and we just keep losing the ball when we're in good areas. Yeah. And what really frustrated me today was going from the end of the first half when we looked like we were starting to to find our feet, if you like, with the four three three and getting Canham in behind the defence. We went to four four two and had no width. And we it actually went, went for it a went 4-4-2. It was, it was, yeah, we actually had a, a, an awful second half, which yeah. is why Birmingham could see the light. Let's look at that opening uh, 45. I mean, it was a very quiet opening to the game overall. I think it was a stop, fairly, well, three, two or three minutes stoppage when Sanchez went down uh, injured. Uh, I thought they were going to bring on one of their blokes who was called, do you know, who's called Han, Han Jose or Jan Jose. Do you know the word? Anyway. Well, let's not go there with that. Uh, I've got all the incidents down for us in the first half. O'Dowder setting up chances for Nagy and Rowe. Both had shots char- uh, charged down. That was on 15. Semenyo, a little header to Martin, who flicked it on to O'Dowder. That was blocked by Etheridge. Strong run down, again by O'Dowder. You know, he's putting in performances that even I can't criticise of late. O'Dowder to Semenyo. His cross was blocked, went for a corner. A couple of them, I say, decent kicks taken by uh, Brunt, and that's what his speciality was. And then Wells over the top. That was it. The only thing I've got written down for Birmingham in the first half is a very sloppy kick out by uh, Dan Bentley, a rare thing for him. But uh, Dave, opening 45, we got into it after that quiet opening. So, you know, nil nil at half time wasn't so bad, really, was it? I say, so I thought we, we, as I said in my opening, I thought we grew into the game. I thought we were putting pressure on them. And I thought, you know, just carry on like that, and eventually we'll we'll create some chances as the as the game gets a gets a bit more open. Um, there wasn't a great deal of, of stuff in the first half, but you know, Birmingham, their their tactic is to break the game up. Don't let the opposition, certainly when they're away from home, get into you know flowing phases of, of football, and they, and they did it pretty well. The first quarter of an hour, they worked their 
proverbials off to stop us building. And and eventually when that first phase kind of wears off a bit, that's when teams grow into the game. And you know, it's just a bog standard tactic that team teams employ and you have to kind of live with it really. That's you know, that's that's, that's football at this level. Teams yeah. are well organised. And, and and Birmingham are, you know, a, a typical example of that. You only got to look at their goals for and against to know they don't give much away. They'll gamble on getting one goal at some point, and that'll be enough to win them the game. Yeah, ultimately, horrible side, horrible side to yeah, watch. But uh, b- before we saw evidence of the change of shape, right at the start of the second half, uh, Dave, we almost got a goal, wasn't it? It was a corner, and then a nice little flick by uh, Callas, and it was off the line by Roberts. I mean, that was a chance. That was a definite chance. Yeah, but what, what do you, what, what do you think the rationale was in that uh, tactical? Um, change, you know, definite change of shape because Callum O'Dowdo was so ineffectual for most of the second half, certainly up until the point they scored. I I, I don't know. Um, I thought our threat was breaking through the middle first half and, you know, maybe Naj finding the likes of O'Dowdo or maybe getting a ball into to Martin and playing off of him and then going wide to, you know, not out wide too far to, to Wells and Semenyo and and I, I thought it was starting to look look decent, so I I don't I don't mind him trying it for five or ten minutes at the start of the second half and see you know seeing if it if it works. But it obviously didn't. I'd have just gone back to what we were doing for the majority of the the second part of the first half. But yeah, we didn't. yeah. Ian, uh, the first threat of the danger to come from Birmingham because they really did have a a, a good spell. But um, fifty one minutes, they put in firm appeals for uh, a penalty when the ball. Certainly appeared to me to touch Callis's hand. No VAR. Do you think if that had been a Premier League game, they'd have uh, stopped it about a minute later and given a pen against um, against Callas? Or was that hundred percent, hundred percent pen? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it also his arm was in a completely unnatural position for what he was yeah. trying to do. I mean, it was completely outstretched. So he would, yeah, he wouldn't have got away with that. Yeah, and then Birmingham. And back- to the Sorry. movement, you know, you mentioned the movement of, of, of get. I can understand what he was trying to do get wide, get some width, get some crosses in, get some chances. That's fine. But the problem you've got is we couldn't get the ball to the wide players, which is why when I suggested playing 4 3 3, it's like Brentford did last season. And at one point, they had a plus 43 goal difference and they destroyed us at Ashton Gate. I know Williams got himself sent off, but. It's four or five one when you're defending, but then you play the balls out and you get them out wide to your wide players, but you get them on the ball facing goal. And even with one down the middle, you create a lot of chances. And that's what we don't do. We've got four three three. We've got Wells, who's an accident waiting to happen when he's trying to do anything defensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and he's quite small. So he hasn't got a lot of height. You've got Semenyo, who works tremendously hard. He's got a little bit of physicality, but he don't win that many tackles for a big lad. But he gets no service either. And then you finish up with with Dave Martin gets isolated. And I think, whereas he was holding the ball up really well at the start of the season, he doesn't seem to be doing that as well now. And I think a lot of it is to do with the lack of support and... and, um, you know, I, I, well, that's a story we've been saying all the time. Let's because uh, there's lots yeah. to talk about in terms of structure. Ian, I'll stick with you though. As you say, Birmingham started to get this uh, purple patch. Sanchez cut in from the right, left foot shot hit the post. That was a good effort. And then Sanchez again setting up uh, Sanich, who uh, brought the save of the game 
from uh, Bentley. Yes, that was a good that was a good save by Bent. Another potentially match defining save, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, nothing. I think Bentley's one of the few players that comes out of the game today with much credit. Um, I thought he had a, he had another good game, apart from a couple of sloppy kicks. But you'll forgive him that if he keeps the ball out the net. Mm. Um, but 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 yeah, I have to uh, commend Bentley. I mean, if you stop the season now, I think what well, well, for me he'd be player of the season, no doubt about it. Yeah, without a doubt. So, um, Mark, the goal, when it came, they'd gone close with uh, Bella with a free kick that had gone uh, wide. Widely attempted to beat uh, Benz at the near post. Never going to happen. But then it was a ball from uh, a goal from a dead ball situation, corner taken by Bella. Uh, the commentators said we're very good at set pieces, but I seem to recall uh, the goal we conceded at QPR, similar situation of a big man being unmarked in the box. Your thoughts on the goal, Mark? Yeah, that was um, when Willock, uh, they took a short corner on Tuesday and then Willock crossed it for Dickey and he got a run on Callas. Uh, today, uh, Viner lost, I mean, he, he wasn't looking uh, at, at uh, Hardy Dean and he got a run on him. Um, Brian Tinian said he was square on square to the ball. So he goes in behind and uh, from the, it runs from the penalty spot on exit. Well, he headed the ball to, towards the roof of the net and I think... Um, Bentley got his hands to it, but he just he only he could only push it into the roof of the net. He couldn't push it over, unfortunately. Mm. But it was after those flurry of chances, you know, Sunich's shot, Sunich had a shot over as well, and Sanchez had hit the post. And they were getting Bella more into the game, getting him one on one with Mariapa, and they were pushing the full backs up the pitch, getting much more of the ball and creating chances, and we were being one on one with our defenders. We just couldn't get, get the ball the ball forward at all, get, you know get out of our half for a little while so you could yeah. say it, it, it was coming to an extent but it's very bad goal to concede and there's also the goal that uh, Barnsley as well that uh, Viner lost the ball at the back post I think after a couple of minutes they scored up there to go when we went one but maybe back. that's uh, inexperience I mean Dave the closest we came to uh, getting one as the game it literally did Peter out was uh, O'Dowd a, a cross of his he put in a couple of decent free kicks as well and uh, Deju was a header over do you think that was a, a half chance or a chance a better striker of the ball where their head would have put away um, no, dif- difficult angle not tons of ball, uh, pace on the ball um, you, you kind of hope he gets it on target but not not an easy chance at all not, not gonna, yeah not going to while we've been talking, that, yeah. While we've been talking, Dave, there's been a little bit of uh, exchange on uh, on the text messages uh, and talking about the Brentford style of play, and then about getting the ball to our players and service and everything like that. Even on Sky, they were saying, I think it was Morrison was saying after the match, when you look at our front three of Semenyo, Martin, and Wells, you know they should have goals in them. But this is the fundamental problem, isn't it? It's it's getting that service to the strikers, uh, Dave, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it, it is, you know, and um, people who read my stuff on OTIB and on here will know that I'm not I'm not a be-all and an <clears throat> end-all man about formations. And, uh, you know, if if there was a magic formation out there, we'd all be playing it. So mm-hmm. it's all about right players, play them in the right positions to execute whatever your, your game plans are. And so I, I don't think, you know, if we play four three three or three five two or whatever, it's just about getting cohesiveness and understanding between people. And I think, in some respects, we may have got away from that a little bit over the last the last few weeks. Partly, I think, because we've had to because of injuries and rotation. 
we, we kind yeah. of got away with it up until the first kind of international break. But, you know, so, you know, I think it was Ian just now was saying we should be playing Mariapa and a three at centre-back. Well, if you do that, then you've only got Jack Hunt to play right wing back. So how many games before you have to change it again to, to rest Jack Hunt? And, and, and that's the kind of dilemmas we're in. And I, yeah. I think most lots of teams are, are struggling at the moment. You know, Brentford, for all Tony's goals, they haven't played anything like the, the football they were playing la- last season under under Thomas Frank. No. Why is that? You know, well, still playing think, the same, same system. I think, I think the main reason is they've sold um, two... Twenty-five, thirty million pound players. Ollie Watkins and Ben Rama. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, if you've got if you've got players like that in your side, but they still need someone to give them the ball. And I remember going back many years. Can you remember a midfield player who didn't play for us very long? A player called David Tong. Yeah, I remember David. Tom. David Tong David with a G, wasn't it? Yeah, in yeah. the mid eighties. That's it. Yeah, David Tong. Hereford or Hereford or someone like that, did he? Newport? No, that, I think that was Jimmy Harvey you might be thinking of, but David no, Tong came up. I think it was might have been from Wolves. But anyway, the point I was going to make is Terry Cooper said, they said, well, why did you sign this bloke? He said, we need somebody to give the ball to our wingers. Yeah. And in the right areas. So with your wingers, and I played on the left wing for many, many years as a younger man, you want to be on the ball facing goal. You don't want to be getting it with your back to the goal on the halfway line. And in the in when I played, the fullback could come right through you from behind and not even get booked. Um, so that's where you've got to be. And if you look at them, every time Semenya gets the ball, his back's the goal. He's got to turn inside somebody and beat three players. Well, the kid ain't going to do that. Um, so that's why I say you need a, a stronger uh, midfield that is going to get hold of the ball and put pressure on by passing it into feet in key areas. And that's yeah. what we didn't do. And we haven't been doing it, let's be honest. Can you remember many games this season when you looked at a game and you thought, blimey, we played well? Because I can only think of one 90-minute-ish performance where we won, and that was the away game at Stoke, who, by the way, are the only top 10 side that we've, we've, beaten. we've beaten this this season. Yeah. Yeah, I can't yeah. think of many other games. I mean, the, we should have lost the game the other night against QPR. Let's be honest; they could have been easily four four one up at halftime, easily. But isn't isn't this again like last season? And there's a lot of comment and noted. This is sort of nineteen twenty revisited. You know, we're in a decent position, but the performances uh, aren't uh, aren't that great. I just want to bring uh, Mark in on uh, something. A couple of people, I think, Cookie nineteen eighty eight said on the text about question the substitutions and what was the point of bringing young Sam Bell on with six minutes uh, to go? You know, to put a youngster on when you maybe needed a bit more experience to look for the goal. What were your thoughts on the substitutions, Mark? Well, they, they were threatening to bring on De Silva and Hunt for about 10, 15 minutes, and it seemed a bit of a waste of time in the end. I mean, I mean to, to play at home, and I suppose Mariapa is more of a safe right back. He just doesn't, he, he's not going to offer you great options going forward. Row, you think a little bit more, but De Silva... Is really more of an attacking fullback if he's in fullback at all. Um, I think some some of his coaches have said he, he'd be more suited to the left side of midfield rather than a, mm. uh, as, a, as, a, as a left sided defender. But he just really didn't have a chance to, to affect the game 
Bell, I think, lost the ball um, deep in our own half. Never really got a chance to do anything. Um, I mean, I think it was the fact that we, we didn't have Jamie Patterson and there just weren't any other options, really. I mean, the, it's, we've wasted this opportunity, but I think compared to other seasons, we're very limited for choices because of the injuries and, and the problems we've had with COVID and the fact that we're just getting bombarded with games. I know yeah. the players should be playing better, but I think it's a symptom of the fact that we look very limited. We're just not carving out the chances, and that's reflected in the fact that it was just going to be a one-goal game today, yeah. and Birmingham won it. Uh, it's in as simple fair, as in that. Fairness, in fairness, though, Mark, all the other sides are playing the games like we are. We're not the only side playing three games a week. They all are, and they're yeah. all picking up injuries. Yeah, and they're, and they're not playing very expansive football either. They're all struggling. Yeah, the game. To, the to games, play the games the they games want to play. Great. The games aren't great. No, the games aren't great. No, I mean, the games games aren't aren't great. They just weren't a lot of football. But it was just City's play was very safe today. And from going from a position where they looked like that they were going to break the deadlock, they just faded completely out of it. The energy wasn't there. And yet again, from the empty game, we've only created a handful of chances. And you just can't keep pulling that that trick and expect expect to win games. Uh, if you're only uh, having six or seven chances a game with two on target, uh, you know you, you, you're riding your luck, and it's going to run out, and it has. That, that's just the but way do you it think, is. But do you think that's a? Do you think this is a tactic? Because again, not quoting individuals, but on um, on OTIP, the sort of like the general view that you know when we get the ball, the key thing is we don't try and lose it. Hence the negativity that's coming through. I think there was only one game actually in. Uh, the championship today where a team scored uh, three goals or more, which was uh, Coventry. You know, we are negative, but then I go back to when Holden first came on board, he said, attack, attack, attack. And other than Stoke and that Borough away game, yeah, it is the same turgid stuff that was turning me off after 50 years that we've been seeing the previous two and a half years under LJ. I mean, Dave, what, you know, yes, we've got key players out, right? We keep saying Walsh and Williams, but you know, there is no, there is no, there's no flair despite having three strikers on, you know, and O'Dowder, he, you know, he's meant to be provider. Nag, I thought had a great game, but you know, what, what is, is it missing? Is it missing a player? Is it missing? Is it the shape? What, what do you think, Dave? You know, or are we in the hole of wait for Walsh and Williams to come back? It's all going to be fine. I, I, I don't know about that, but I, I think when you miss players like Vyman, and I think what we've seen since Vyman's gone out the side is a, is a team that doesn't isn't as effective with the mm. ball. We're not threatening, okay. and I think, and I think you know, I, I made a post in the in the week that talked about players making what I call aggressive runs. And that's what Vyman does. He runs aggressively, not necessarily with the ball, but he commits people. He takes markers with him. And I, mm. and I think we're, we're missing that. And therefore, we're stifling our players who we do want to get onto the ball. So Vyman would make a you know a, a 25-yard sprint at 100 miles an hour, drag someone with him, and it opens up a space for someone else. And I okay, if Vyman's available... Yeah, if Vyman's available, Dave, today... Yeah. Where would he have fitted into that lineup, or would it have been a different shape? But if Vyman had been fit, where would he have played? 
there. Well, it, it might have been a different shape. I don't know. But if if it, if you were saying he's coming in and you're going to play the same way, which player does he replace today? You're either talking Calamo Dowder or you're perhaps talking about one of the the two wider forwards that we played today. Yeah. Well, uh, interesting. Ian, Ian's just put up on the text. You said Vyman the striker because that always seemed to make doing men playing him in midfield, didn't it, uh, Ian? I think he's a striker I, I, as well. If, if I, I, earlier on, I tweeted a team that if everyone was fit, would have had five different players in it from what we started with even today and would have had more um, at QPR or even the game before that. So my front two would have been Martin in Vyman. Um, and then I'd have had Williams in Walsh definitely in midfield because Williams is uh, is your up and downer, but he's got, he'll win the ball, but he's got strength and he's got a great engine. And Walsh is your creative guy, your set piece taker and all the rest of it. And then yeah. you balance them with a more defensive player like a Naj or a um, Backinson. But I would have all my back three would be Callas, um, Baker, and Mawson. If they're so fit. If they're when, fit. When you look at those players, that's about 50 million quid worth of players. Mm. Um, well, if they are fit, then for, we've got three choices at right back then as well, haven't we? Because, you know, we've got Hunt, Viner, and Mariapa, and we've got the extra spare man to play in the back three as well. Because uh, well, if you're playing, if, yeah. if you're playing wing backs, you can play Op Edwards. So you know, if 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 you want to say, well, you know, we're we're down to the end of it. Give give the kids with the energy. Give them the first, I don't know, forty five minutes, and then if they're they're hanging, you you know, or if Jack can can only do seventy minutes, then get Edwards on to replace him if you're still looking for goals. If you're looking to shore things up, then Mariapa can can do that job. Uh, but I just... For all the stick, Dave, just, just on that, for all the stick that Patterson and Vyman got as the you know two non-midfielders playing in midfield at the start of the season with either Backinson or whoever, that is the most fluid we've looked all this season. And, yeah. and I think, you know, two of the... Well, th- none of the three, including Backinson, started the game today. And I, and I think you could probably find a correlation there between why we're not doing quite as well over the last six, seven games as we were in those first six, seven games. We've Fair lost point. a bit of quality in the, in, the, in the team. Yeah. No, I think you're yeah, right. I, and I, we've, I, more, we've lost some quality and we've always been without the hoped-for quality that Walsh and Williams are going to bring. Yeah, Guys, let's, yeah. move on. let's go on to uh, markings. I'll do me first, then uh, I'll go on to uh, Mark. I mean, my word, Bentley, a seven. Yeah, I don't blame him for the goal. Yeah, he's got to be cut a little bit of slack there. Across the back, I'm maybe a bit hard. No, I'm going to up Mariapa. I'm going to go Mariapa, six, Viner, six, Callas, seven, Row six, in the middle. Dowder, seven, Nadge, seven, and Brunt, a six. And then up front, Semenyo, six, Martin, six, Naki Wells, five. Ineffectual uh, game from uh, him today, but then it is all about the service. Backinson, the only sub I'm going to mark, who came on for Brunt, a five, maybe a six. Uh, your your marks, uh, Mark, for uh, today. Mark's Mark's just gone. His cat's not well. Oh right, so he's just. So you'll, have, you'll have to go to Ian and me next. <laughs> go on, Dave. Give us your marks. I I had Bentley a six or a seven. I couldn't I couldn't make up my mind on on it, and I don't do half. So you 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 can you two can go with the balance on that one. Um, I had Mariapa six, Viner six, Callas seven, Row five. I thought his distribution was poor today. 
thought he yeah. defended okay, but yeah, disappointing there. Nudge six, Brunt five, O'Dayla six, Wells six, Martin five, Semenyo six. That, you know, Callas and probably similar. Bentley, the only two that I thought earned any bonus today. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a bit like Backers that. Ian looked, looked a bit off of it when he came on. I he did. Well. No, I thought that he didn't. He didn't put himself about like we know he can. Ian, what were your uh, scores on the doors for one of a better description? Um, yeah, I gave uh, Bentley an eight, Mariapa six, Viner seven, Callas seven, Tommy Rowe six. But I totally agree with Dave about his passing. Uh, Nash seven, Brunt six, Cod seven, up front Wells five, Martin five, Semenyo five. Yeah. Uh, as much of that was and Backinson I give a five because he you know I wondered why he didn't start when he came on I could see why he didn't so hopefully they can perhaps get him up to speed so because I'm a great believer and if you've got players that are can only do 60 minutes let them do the first 60 minutes get three yeah, up, and then I'll go and play old in midfield yeah, um, bust, a gut, bust a gut until you can't bust it anymore and then it, it, exactly else. right Exactly right. And we, we could play a, a more balanced, stronger side. I hope Pato is fit because I, th- I think you can't go, keep going on playing O'Dowda game after game after game after game, although he seems to have more energy than anybody else in our, in our, in our club, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you look at the players that I suggested I'd have in my strongest team, that's 45% of our starting 11 is missing at the moment. Yeah. So if we can be anywhere near the top six and By get all January, and, and get January. All, yeah, yeah, Five and bit, get yeah. all those player all those players back, uh, even three. Ba- I mean, I think if Baker's on the field, we don't concede the goal today because he's a big, strong bloke. when he, he you know, when he's not injured. Um, and then Walsh and Williams, you're going to retain the ball more and, and in midfield and, and win balls more in midfield. And you've got a greater attacking threat. Yeah. So, and I think they'll make a, you know, um, I mean, they'll make a massive, a massive difference. And then if Hunt's carrying a knock or whatever he is, then Viner is your, your replacement at right wing back. He can slot across there, can't he? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think, you know, I don't want to be, I mean, I was very critical of um, of the team because I don't think they're playing as well as they can. I'm not saying that um, uh, the, the lads in midfield have to be as good as Walsh and Williams because I don't think they are. No. But they, they should, and, and the forwards. I mean, uh, as I say, I think a lot of it was due to the setup, but forwards need service and our forwards, the service to them today was absolutely abysmal. Yeah, poor, very, very poor. But the good news is we don't have to play Birmingham City every week. Uh, they, We've only won two of the last 19 games against them. That is a pretty appalling statistic. And they've won on eight of their last 10 visits to uh, Ashton Gate. And one that sticks in the mind was uh, that one with Harry Redknapp and uh, Steve Cottrell in charge, where uh, I could have sent everybody home happy uh, that season, uh, end of season, after their disappointments. And uh, we they, they scraped a 1-0 and stayed in the division. Maybe they might not have come back up. Anyway, we're up in action again on Wednesday. So we've got an extra day off where there's another home game at Ashton Gate. Uh, I don't know whether you've done your uh, analysis um, of uh, 
Blackburn, uh, Dave, what we do know is Tony Mowbray, very experienced manager at this level. No Bradley Dax, so we won't have Olivia Atwood sitting in the stand. And one of their, was he a key player there as you got sent off today that he's going to miss, miss the game? I, I, I didn't pick up there. I know they drew, but I didn't see. I'm just quickly having a look now, see who got sent off. Um, Lenahan, yeah, good, good solid centre-back. Um, Lenahan, I think he's had quite a lot of injury problems as well, but... Um, yeah, I, I, I haven't done much prep for them, but in, in terms of how they play, you know, Mowbray's, you know, I don't expect we'll see much different than what we saw from Birmingham today in terms of how they defend. I think they've got a lot more class when they've got the ball with people like Armstrong and they've got, um, uh, got the Brera, Brerton, who's, who's, who's done better ben this Brerton. season. Yeah, yeah they kind of yeah. They tend to hit him on the, on the diagonals a lot. And they've got a really good right back in Nyambi. Who's really kind of attacking, That's athletic right. as as well? They, they they've got. I think they've got a decent squad when they've got you know the best twelve or thirteen players on the pitch or a combination of eleven out of those. Then I think they're a, a, a really decent side. But they, you know they're a team like a lot of teams. When you take some of their better players out of it, then they don't look quite quite as good. As you but, say, uh, they did get a draw at Brentford today, didn't they? So I miss mm. that. I'm just checking on there now. That they, they're number well, eight. If you look at it, Rob- Dave, they got they got four four yellows and a red at uh, at, at Brentford today. They had thirty three percent possession, two shots on target, and scored two goals. Yeah, so, ten um, men after they, thir- after thirty six minutes by the look of it. So yeah, did well to come back they, and that snatch would a point. Have taken a little bit, that would have taken a little bit out to them. One would think, although as you say, I, I, I hope they chased the ball a lot today. Yeah, yeah. But to, and their number eight, Rothwell, is he? Is uh, he been? Uh, is he a starlet who had better times elsewhere? It's a name that's familiar to me. Is it Jack Rothwell? Is he? Yeah, I think I think he came from Oxford. I think, um, but he's been in and out the side of late. Tap, talented boy on his on his day, like a lot of them. And up front, Gallagher's always been a good uh, striker at this oh, level, hasn't he? Good player. They're playing him through the middle this season. They played him kind of as a wide forward last year, and they've kind of swapped him and Brereton over. In fact, Brereton didn't play the day. Looking at it, they played Sam Gallagher. To, Big old unit up there, um, and then they got the lad on loan from Liverpool, Harvey Elliott, haven't they as well? So yeah, yeah got some good, good player, Bradley Johnson. I'm sure will be looking to kick a few people as well, but in a bad midfielder with it either. No. And what's the matter with Dak? Because all I see him on TV is in one of these stupid reality shows that in COVID you watch anything really, don't you? Or I do, uh, and he's just been lying around on his bed with his knee in a brace. That's a very long term injury, it would seem to be for him, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, he did his ACL, didn't he? So. That was at the start that right? of last season, wasn't it? So he's been out over a year, I think. Very long time. I mean, yeah. Ian, would you so Bradley Dack, uh, Ian, was a player that we've been linked with uh, over the years, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, is that the sort of player that, well, would you say he's like a Liam Walsh if we had him playing, somebody like Dak in our lineup? Yeah, I think if he's 100%, 100% fit, he's, he's a, a creative, goal scoring midfield player. So I would probably liken him to. Uh, uh, I don't know. He's he's a more heavyweight version of possibly Pato or uh, similar to Casey Palmer. Mm. Um, so, which is an, is another player that hasn't been getting games for Swansea. And, and don't forget that he could, if, if our injuries persist um, and we're going to play with a ten, uh, then you know you could always bring Casey Palmer back because he was. Of course, yeah, it was only alone, down. wasn't it? Yes, yes, he yes. Was, he was loaned out um, when we got um, when we still had Joe Morrell 
and um, Sammy Smoddix. So, you know, it's yeah. okay thinning, thinning the team out, but uh, it's not really, <laughs> it's not really, um, it, you know, you couldn't say the squad's fat now, could you? No, definitely Palmer, not. Palmer making noises about trying to settle in Swansea, I think, by the, by the looks of it. But he's, he's well, he was a substitute. Again. He came on today after 71 uh, minutes. And again, since we're talking about players no longer here, um, what's his name? Morrell was a non-playing substitute for Luton. And what was the score over there? Was it a 1-1 draw today? They but, lost 2-0 uh, to Swansea. They lost 2-0, you see. So I Swansea. Know they, um, I know they, they whacked Norwich um, in midweek. And, and mm. that was something else I want to ask people's opinions on today. Are you know, is this a division of very, very equal teams, even the ones that are said to be outstanding? In other words, the ones, the relegated teams who should be much better. I mean, Norwich, we're heading shoulders above us, but, but to go up to Luton and get whacked 3 1, I know it can happen to anybody, but yeah. are, is, are we heading for the point where we say, Actually, do you know what? We've got a hell of a chance this season because the overall quality in the division isn't very good. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw the, the Bournemouth goals uh, last night at, at, at Barnsley, or two of them. And yeah, they're a class outfit, as Norwich are. They came from behind against uh, Sheffield Wednesday. But I think you've got to look at the, the table and we're lying there in eighth with the lowest goal difference of uh, any team in the top. 10 that is but we're lying there in eight on 27 points that's only four points off the top yeah and with Blackburn coming very critical game on Wednesday because there's a two-point gap between us and Blackburn were we to lose on Wednesday then we're going to get sucked into that middle batch of teams that are on I'll say 22 to 20 well, 25 points now. Do you know what I mean? And then there's then there's another batch and then there's a stragglers, there's a four-point uh, gap. But I think you're right, Ian. I think it's, you know, the, the Norwich and Bournemouth should be the top two. Then I think you could perm any any four from 12 clubs in the playoffs. Would you agree with that as well, uh, Dave? Any four from 12 in the playoffs? Assuming yeah, think, Norwich and Bournemouth are there. I, I thought, you know, they'd probably be you know, Norwich, Bournemouth and Watford. At least two of them would do well this season um, mm. and then I thought you know Brentford would probably be up there Swansea and, as they are and then I thought really if, if you take 5th down to 14th something like that so 10, ten clubs all in, all in with a chance of those two remaining playoff team I, I, I don't know if it's a, a weak division or a, just a very even division I think that's quite often when people are you know winning, losing, drawing you know that kind of combination of results there's a, a kind of it's quite easy to throw oh, this is a weak league, but I just think it's bloody competitive and, and and pretty even. And the teams that have that little bit of extra quality will probably come, you know, rise to the top as the season goes on. But they're all finding it difficult to to deal with COVID and playing, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. It, it yeah, same playing field. Well, if, you, and if, if you look at it, there's only ten points between top and thirteenth. So the the division yeah. itself. I mean, had we won today, we'd have been third. Actually, yeah. no, we'd have been fourth. Yeah, because of our because well, of our well, well, you know, third on goal, third on goal different. Yeah, 
But if you look at the yeah, games but, coming up but, this week, you know, it's all Coventry, Luton, Huddersfield, Wednesday, Millwall, QPR, Stoke, Cardiff. Car- did Cardiff win at Watford in the end? Yeah, that yeah. was uh, if they did, that was a good result. Swansea, yeah, Bournemouth, did. big game. Swansea, Bournemouth. Yeah, that's Swansea at home. Another win. Watford, home to Rotherham. That should be a win for them. Preston, Middlesbrough, Barnsley, Wickham, Brentford, Derby, us and Blackburn, Norwich, Forest, Reading, Birmingham. So really, on the Wednesday... It's us against Blackburn is the only, I'll call it top top sides, top half sides playing each other. You know, there should be, uh, maybe there'll be a bit of a sorting out over the next week. Anyway, one of the features that uh, Ian said, David, you're wasting your time on, was this day, Saturday, December the 5th. And I said, we go right the way back to 1970 and see how City had done on that day. And this was the eighth time we played on that day. And we've only won one of those. Won one, drawn four, lost three. And the last time we won was on December the 5th, 1998, when they beat Sheffield United at home 2-0 with goals from Mickey Bell and Adi Akinbay. And that was Benny's first win in charge at the sixth attempt. And we were sitting there 23rd in the league we're in at the moment. Ian, you were really um, surprised when I told you we didn't have a great record on December the 5th, weren't you? And you said, don't bother doing it again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I said I, I was, um, I think the word I'm looking for is probably um, underwhelmed. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it bears no relation to, to what um, what's going to happen today. And, and I'm, you know me, I'm terrible on, I can't care less about dates anyway. The only ones I can remember is 1066 when the fella got got the arrow in his eye and, and, and 1966 when we won the World Cup um, for the first and probably the only time. So, yeah, yeah I mean, time. It, it's all, 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 all very all very lovely, but I, I do, it's, it's right at the top of my things I don't give a monkey's about list. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we, we, we'll still do it because I, I gives me something to do on a Saturday morning over coffee. Dave, the other thing today, and it was commented on by uh, uh, Brian and the commentator, um, the pitch looked in fabulous condition considering it had been a fully uh, blown game of rugby the previous night. Bristol Bears beating Northampton Saints 18-17. I mean, you know, that was a good pitch, wasn't it? When you consider what it maybe was like 20 years ago, this time of the year. Uh, uh, yeah, I think if you if you look at it in terms of they played rugby on it last night, it's fantastic. I, I looked at the pitch today and I, admittedly I haven't looked out the window much today, but I, I know we'd had a fair bit of, bit of rain, haven't we, overnight. But the pitch, oh, yeah. looked, like, the pitch looked like it was, I'd, I'd call it a fast pitch. And it wasn't a pitch where, you know, you needed to measure the, you know, the length of the grass on it. You knew that any ball kind of, would zip around on it, and I, and I think that that played a little bit into kind of Birmingham's hands a bit yeah. as well because people didn't always have the ball under really tight control today. There was a lot of balls that got away from people, and I, and I think some of that's down to the pitch. And uh, sometimes you got, I, I'd probably like us to keep a little bit more grass on it this time of year and rely on the zip coming off of the, you know, the fact that it's a bit damp outside. And actually, you could still chip balls around and they'll stick, whereas a lot of balls just kind of ran out of play today. So, it's a load of crap, probably, what I've just said. But, you know, that, that was no, kind of no, my, no. my understanding of the, of, the, of the pitch today might have caused the, to make it a bit more difficult. Didn't help us, but yeah. didn't help them either, arguably. Now, the no, final no, but they don't, they final... don't want to play football, though. So no, they, they don't. They're very true. Play. You wouldn't want to put up with that, really, would you? Uh, or our football, for that matter, of late. Um, final topic. We talked in midweek about uh, the possibility of uh, Junior Johnson 
getting the manager, getting the head coach's job at Sunderland. He's got the head coach's job underneath somebody I'd never heard of whose claim to fame was running, uh, was it the Birmingham or the West Brom uh, Academy? Little Lee got off to a non-winning start. But uh, I think, Dave, you picked up on the statistics or you posted it or made a comment on something that was on the OTIB forum that it was, although Wigan won 1-0, it was one of those days, 17 attempts on goal. Did Sunderland have and couldn't put one away? Yeah, I think it was 16 shots, three on target. So, And uh, Wigan had one shot and one on target and ultimately scored from it. So, yeah. yeah. That's pr- pretty much the biggest job you could get outside the uh, outside of the top two divisions, I would say. And for me, I think it could go one or two ways. I think he could either be a success and all the things that he did badly, if he looks at himself in the mirror, his time with us, he'd say, right, I'll do that differently, I'll do that differently, and turn out to be the man, the great manager he thinks he is. Or he'll it'll go very badly and he won't be given uh, the time. I mean, I'll come to you first, Dave. Your thoughts on LJ getting uh, getting getting that role. That's a big club, even though they're in that division, isn't it? Yeah, I think I, I echo exactly what, what you've just said, actually, that it's uh, outside of the championship, you're not going to get a bigger club than that. So, you know, fair play to him for getting it. I, there was a lot of banter going on Twitter last night, um, between Sunderland fans and City fans, and, and you know, with Johnson, you know, you you get a fairly mixed view. There'll be some people who think he did a marvelous job here, and there'll be other people that that don't. But you know, my response back to their Sunderland fans was: decide what you want from this season. You're currently or before today, you're currently seventh. You're one point off the playoffs with a game in hand. What do you think a manager should deliver for you this season? Is that top two and promotion? Is it? Playoffs? Is it, I just want to see good football? And once you make up your mind, stick with it and judge him at the end of the season and whether he's, mm-hmm. he's delivered that. Because everyone will have different expectations. I, you know, I, I would be amazed. not amazed, that's rubbish. My expectations of him in that job is that he should be able to get them into the top six playing decent football. If he can't yeah. do that, he's failed in my opinion. You know, yeah. he's, to, in, in, the, in the position he's taken over, it's not like, and this is not a Cottrell LJ debate, by the way. It's not like taking over um, Bristol City in twenty second position or whatever we were yeah. back in December two thousand and thirteen, or like Steve Cottrell's taken over Shrewsbury in, in quite a similar position to what he taken over here, albeit massively different expectations in club. He's taken over a team in a bloody decent position to get a club that big, and and you know we'll we'll see, we'll see what he does. I, I, He's not Bristol City manager anymore, so I, I don't genuinely care. Yeah. I do because we had him a long time as a we had him as a player and then you know there were some good times but there were some bad times and he hung on and hung on so that'll be a result and I've got a few Sunderland uh, Sunderland fans as friends texting me saying to use your phrase Dave what can we expect uh, Ian I mean he's teaming up with uh, Bailey Wright he's got the likes of Will Grigg up there and uh, Danny Graham uh, are you surprised he took the dugout today because it was not going to be an easy first game against uh, Wigan he could have watch the game from the stand and then sort of maybe got his feet under the table uh, next week. Your thoughts on uh, on that and him getting uh, taking Sunderland somewhere, as Dave said, playoffs certainly should be achievable. Otherwise, if not, he could be out 
before the end of this season. I I, I don't want to sound like a, uh, like a, a newly signed player, but um, I bet he couldn't wait to get started. Um, yeah, because when playing bottom when, of the league today, in as well, weren't they, Wigan? Yeah, well, when people, whenever anybody goes to a club, there's some comical things that go on. Even if the guy's from South Korea and he can't speak a word of English, he can't wait to get started. Those exact words. And the, the other thing is, have you ever known a manager that beats a team that isn't a very good team? Even if they've lost 15 games on the trot, they're a very good team. But back to LJ, like I've said, I, I said before, I think he, he, he did a, a bang average job for us, particularly with... Um, the amount of money he had to spend. Now, straight away, people will be saying, ah, yeah, but he had to sell his best players. Well, guess what? That's what happens if you've got good players and you're not successful. You lose them in any standard of football, even for some clubs in the Premier League. Um, I think his record's bang average in in all the games. I mean, the the fellow's played, uh, managed 372 games and he's got yeah. a 38% win rate. So that wouldn't immediately attract you to him. But uh, I, I, I know, I think, I know Lee well enough to say he puts together a great PowerPoint presentation and claim credit for all the good stuff at Bristol City. Well, if, if on the interview panel, if either of you guys or indeed anybody listening has been uh, watching uh, the two Sunderland series, Sunderland Till I Die, the most recent one, where I think it's Charlie Methven, who's the chief executive who took over from the guy in the first series, then he looks just mm. the sort of guy that if he was on the interview selection panel would love those type of uh, PowerPoint uh, presentations. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I'm just reading on the BBC report of the game. His first big call was to bring back Aidan McGeady, who made his first start since November after a fallout with Parkinson. I mean, there's a good player, and that's a long time to be uh, left out. And this, this has a familiar ring to it, describing the goal. Joseph capitalised after Bailey Wright dawdled in possession in his own area, before low, firing low inside goalkeeper Lee Burgess bottom right-hand uh, corner. Dave, do you think we might see a couple of things like um, Jamie McAllister become his assistant? I read somewhere that he's turned down Gloucester City. And do you see somebody like uh, Hano Masengo going on loan there in January if the uh, unfit two are uh, on the grass? Yeah, I guess start off with uh, Jamie McAllister. I think day before yesterday, it was he's about to be appointed manager Gloucester City, um, mm-hmm. and then obviously the rumours start flying around Ray Johnson, and that deal's not been done as far as I know. And you know, I'm guessing that's because Lee Johnson said, "Come up to Sunderland with me and uh, and be my assistant." You know, I might put two and two together and got five there, but it, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. And I guess the second thought I had as well is, do we see Sunderland being? an option for some of our players to go on, on loan in the second half of the, the season. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I, I think... With Masengo being with Masengo being one of those, yeah? Well, I, I think... I wonder whether Masengo would want to want to go up there for a guy that kind of didn't, didn't play. Well, I know he's not playing under under Holden, but, you know, I, I think he kind of got left out a bit last, last season under, under Johnson. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I think you have to wait and see over the next few weeks how Johnson settles there, what he, you know, what style of football he's playing, whether it's right for some of our players to to, to go there. I, I don't, I don't know to be honest. Yeah. Well, if, if 
if if if Masengo can't get in our midfield at the moment, I don't think there's much hope for him. The only doubt, the only thing I'd say is Masengo. One of the reasons I don't think he's gone out on loan, uh, or he won't go out on loan, is because his family all live in Bristol, and yeah. he, he's moved them over. So I mean, I suppose he could move over and then go go and live up in the northeast in a flat because he must be really cheesed off because he's not playing any football. Because um, yeah. he he didn't turn out for the under twenty threes, as you know. But to be honest, if that happened and he happened to get injured with the size of the squad, then Dean Olden would get absolute pelters, wouldn't he? So, yeah, uh, I think yeah, it, it could happen, but we need to see. I think we need to see where we are at Christmas. If if all those players came back, and it's a massive if. But if all those players came back, I'd quite fancy us if we were in touch with the top six. By, if those, by the end of Jan. Yeah, and no, I think you're right. Yeah, you can, no, I mean, those, if, those players, they originally with Baker, we said Christmas. So mm. Christmas is the 25th of December. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking, stop first week in January, I would hope that all three of those players would be available to play because you'd have to try and get them up to speed and, I don't know, give them the odd end of 23 game or... You know, um, they have to be back involved in training. Now, if it's a case of it's going to take that long to get them back on the grass, then I'd, I'd be happy to finish, finish anywhere in the in the in the top ten or top twelve. Yeah, uh, because we just haven't. And one thing I'd like to pick up on, perhaps we'll do it in another podcast. Perhaps we do one after the Blackburn game. Yeah, is why are we so poor at home? And this isn't Dean Holden. This is. Dean Holden, the last two years at least, of Lee Johnson. Because we don't need, you know, we just cannot play at home. And, well, and let's, have a, let's have a look at, let's have a look at the home form. I mean, I don't, you, you do lots of stats, Dave. So I'm not going to say, Dave, can you have a look at it for us? I mean, I can have a little look, but I think, you know, our home form, our home form is as bad as our away form is uh, good. Guys, mm. you're just coming up over, uh, just coming up to uh, nudge the, um, 60 minutes. Uh, in fact, no, it's 55 because we have five minutes before we go live. Um, one player that's not been mentioned and and he'd play a role. He'd have been at the very least on the bench had he been here. And that's and now has he gone on a loan or did he get signed? And that's Mario Watkins up at Aberdeen. Or is he gone up there and he's got injured and he's out for the foreseeable future? <laughs> but he's, he's, still he's, in injured. On that? he's injured. He's, injured. Yeah. he's gone on loan. He, he went to Aberdeen. He was on loan until Christmas uh, and he's been injured and he won't be fit probably until mid-Jan, start of Feb. Yeah, he's, still, he's got quite a bad hamstring strain, I think. Is it? I mean, mm. you know, it, it, had he had he not gone on loan there, he wouldn't have been a bad... He'd have been almost playing that role that Brunt would have played today and probably played it a bit better because he's got a little bit more legs in him. And he did score one or two. He gave a few useful performances, didn't he, in the time he was uh, with us? Or uh, am I grasping at straws there? I, I <laughs> think he's a, he's a different him. player. He's either a, a... I mean, he's played as a, as a striker and he's, he's more of a forward. But I don't really know what he is, and I don't really know why we signed him. He's another one of those. <laughs> what do you? What he's do you another, think? Another, no, he's another one of those mystery signings. Yeah, I mean, with other I, I, managers. Dave, that, do you, you think know. Ian's being a bit harsh? <laughs> um, I, I, I know where Ian's coming from. I, 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 I agree to some extent. I always felt that when he did play, he actually gave us something, and and, yeah. and it's, it's especially 
He played. He only played a few times last season. I think there was a little spell where he played a couple on the trot, Cardiff away and Barnsley away, where he played up top. And yeah. I thought he gave us more up top in terms of movement and physicality than Fam did. And then he probably picked up a little injury and he, he fell by the wayside again. The, the first season he was here, I thought the games that he played in front of Jack Hunt on the right kind of wing, right right midfield, were the best games that Jack Hunt had because we had yeah. a bit of physicality down That's that exactly, side. Exactly, yeah, because he's, so, he's a big unit. He's a bit like that Pearson that used to play for yeah. us. That What he did was not seen by many. I mean, I, I didn't rate him, but, you know, you talk to people about Pearson and he had that physicality for a winger or a forward flanky type yeah. player. And yeah. uh, he wasn't. I put him in the same bracket as that. Well, that was how he I was pretty. Was he? No, you know, he wasn't a pretty footballer, but sometimes you don't want pretty footballers. And I, and I think it, it, you go back to the way that he played at Barnsley when they played three forwards and, you know, wide, wide forwards. He'd have actually, he'd probably suit the 4 3 3 that we've been playing over the last last half a dozen games, funny enough. Yeah. So, but yeah, he's, a, he's, he's, He's a, an interesting footballer. Let's 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 leave it there. I, I, I don't I, think I, I probably I don't think... quite like the guy because I think his yeah. endeavour and his effort and his physicality. And I'm not a, a player who loves namby pamby footballers, but he, he's a sort of player that Lee Johnson might sign again if we. I don't know if he's one. Of, and another topic you want to discuss in is the business about contracts. But I don't know if Marley Watkins is out of contract in the summer. Yeah, he is. But yes, if he Lee, is. If Lee doesn't get Sunderland up. Yeah, let's say he got to the playoffs and lost in the playoffs or something like that. You could see him being the sort of player that Lee would probably pick him up for Sunderland and yeah. at Lee one, he'd probably do a half decent job for them, wouldn't the, he? The only mm. thing you'd struggle with there, Dave, is his fitness. His fitness isn't great and and wages. Cause he is out with contract. Um yeah. but he'd, he'd be earning decent wages because don't forget. But if he's, he's earning fit, let's say he's knowledge. earning let's say he's earning I don't know, ten grand. Speculative. 10, 10 15. Already. Let's say he's earning 15, right? So you got a 15 grand a week contract two and a half years ago, right? Come July next year in this post-COVID, never mind the loan that the EFL have been granted to be spread amongst the clubs, that 15, I reckon, yeah, with financial constraints everywhere, that could well easily come down and he's turned 30, he'd probably have to take a 50% pay cut. And I think there's going to be a lot of players uh, out there that the harsh realities of some of these big wages they're going to get in, be getting or have had over, I'll say, the last six years because wages have gone through the roof. You know, there's going to be it's a bit of a witching hour, I think. But um, yeah. as you say, he won't, that's he won't, another be going, he won't be going to League One on a, on a seven and a half grand a week contract. Not but he might be at Sunderland, not, but Sunderland not, might... Not with the salary cap, Dave. They would be able to afford it. Two and a half grand maximum average, isn't it? You know, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and and the sooner we get a salary cap in the championship, obviously it needs to be phased in because you can't go up to somebody like Thomas Callas and say, "Right, you're on, you're on twenty five grand or twenty grand a week." And now, hey, guess what? Hey, presto, you're on five. That, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but it will be phased in over the next couple of three seasons and I can't wait because it's got financial out of control and, and I'm, I'm very pleased with what they've done for the League One and two clubs that was needed. What they've done in the Championship is a little bit of a double-edged sword because in a way the last thing you need if you're a football club and you're in debt is more debt um, yeah. and they've said that it will count towards financial fair play. 
So yeah. you know you you won't and you won't be able to spend this money on players or agents' fees. It'll have to go on, you know, paying the wages of the ones you've got or infrastructure or something. PAYE like that only, sort. and I think what I read, you can it's only what, sorry? Be used for, it can only be used for PAYE. Yeah. So so basically, you you've got your wage bill now. Our wage bill, the last set of accounts was what day thirty million. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got thirty million pound wage bill. So it, it would be less than a a, a third of that. Yeah, month's wages think, for each of the few years you've got the loan. <laughs> yeah. So so you've got, and if you had to pay it back over four years, that's hundred and seventy three thousand a month, assuming you took the lot, because you don't need to be able to take the lot. You know, you might say, well, I only need a couple of million. Now Steve Lansdowne could look at that two ways. You could think, well, that's actually cheap money if it saves me putting eight and a half million quid of my money in, it's actually cheap money if it's interest-free and I can pay it back over four years so less have it. Or yeah. you might say, well, actually, do you know what? We don't want it. We're all right okay. with that. And, I think, and he, we'll, Ian, as yeah. well, the, the, the kind of uh, structure of it, as you said, is it's about 8.3 million, but it's uh, in effect it's drawing down your solidarity payments over the next few years. So basically, if you if you take it, in effect, you won't get your solid. You'll you'll lose. However, those solidarity payments come to you. So if it's if it's let's just say it's for four years, effectively two two million a year, you ain't going to be getting in your solidarity payments until twenty twenty four. There we yeah, go. High, I mean, finance, so, high finance. Well, high so, finance. Solidarity payments, Dave, are about seven million a year at the moment, aren't they? Um, Five-ish plus, I can't remember. Yeah, five, five, six, seven. Yeah, yeah we're we're in the right ballpark, yeah. aren't we? So, guys, if if, if you go on, sorry, go on. Finish, finish, finish your point. If you if you're drawing down against that, then it's not really new money, is it? No, it it's only money in advance. So yeah, I you have understand to reset the your now, your budgeting now, for the next few years, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, if you if you look at it, I can understand why some of the Premier League clubs owners were reticent because some of the ownership of clubs in the championship for example i was very interested to read bournemouth are owned by a company that's um, domiciled in the british virgin islands and the ceo uh, bought his wife an early bentley as a christmas present 140 grand's worth and the highest paid director at bournemouth's salary last year was just over 1.8 million yeah. So I could understand why a lot of the clubs went, hang, hang on a minute, if these guys have that, got that kind of money and you've got, uh, a, I think the guy at Stoke is worth about, him and his family are worth about six billion. Um, we've obviously got Steve, who's worth yeah. about two, and living in Guernsey. And I should imagine a lot of the people out there say, well, hang on a minute, these, these people have got more than enough money. So rather than the Premier League pay it, why not relax FFP and, and give people this season only, a chance to subsidise the losses out of their own pocket and then move forward as we are at the end of the season. I don't know if that was possible, but it's certainly going to come into their thinking. You know, it's like somebody saying, well, I, I, I've just bought a £2 million house, but um, what I could really do with is you excusing me some pay, uh, repayments on the loan because people are going to run. No, I, I, I no, don't I, think I, we'll do that, do you? I, I think what they should have done, Ian, is... Every year, the clubs have to submit a, a set of projected accounts for the season. Yeah. And actually, as most clubs are so far over the, the, the minimum threshold, which is £5 million, 
per year, not 13 million per year. Obviously, three years worth 39 million. What they should have done is use those projected accounts to say, right, this is how much you told us you budgeted to receive. Tell us how much you actually received, because you received a lot less because of COVID. If you want to make that money back up yourself to cover your FFP position, you can do. And, that seems and very sensible. So, so, that seems so very I, I sensible. Your, so. Yeah, actually use that. Yeah. So rather than clubs then abusing it and then everyone getting eight point three million if they want it, actually give give their owners a chance to invest some of their money back into into the club and and do yeah. it do it properly. I, you know, I'm sure there's pitfalls with that as well. But I think between what you've said and I've said, there's some there's some merits in there to sort out this mess. And football needs a reset, most definitely in the championship. Yeah, yeah it does. Agreed. And you can't have we we can't afford unless we. I mean, we only made a profit in the last accounts because we sold a pile of players. Now we we're not going to be able to do that every year, and it's always an interesting exercise to look at the players you've got and say, right. We paid eight million quid for Thomas Callas. Moving forward, are we going to get eight million quid for him? And for me, the answer is no. I don't think he's a bad player, but I can't see in the post-COVID reality world, particularly if there's a salary cap in in the Skybet Championship, I cannot see many of our players moving on for more than they cost. Apart from obviously the academy players, you know your Zach Viners, your Tyreek Backinsons. Um, and, and, and those players, as they come through, the next cab off the rank, if you will, the next Lloyd Kelly. But yeah, e- and even then, um, the opportunities, uh, and, and I think that reset is 100, well, it's 1,000% necessary because it's just got stupidly out of hand. And yeah, you've yeah, had to have owners just, of that say, just, well, you know, no more, lads, no more. Just to stop that, reset, you, you use, sorry, go on, Dave, you use Callas as an example. I'd, I'd, mm. I'd use some other players, as a, and I, I totally agree with you on Callas as well. But I, I'd look at your Sammy Smodich, your Mo Isers, your, you know, and there's, there's probably others as well. The ones you bought for, you know, Hakeem Adelican, the ones you bought for, I don't know, between 600,000 and a million pounds that you knew if you gave them three or four games in a championship, their price would go up purely because we were in an inflationary market. Mm. That That methodology and that, transfer recruitment policy has just been bombed completely out of the water now because you ain't getting anything for those players now and you've you've paid them over the odds to, to probably take them to you know if Smodix is the classic example we probably courted him with well what are Peterborough going to offer you five or six grand we'll offer you eight grand so he comes to us he gets no game time we sell him for a profit and and you know everyone thinks cool that's a good bit of business that, that looks a good when you have to get rid of players like that on a free, does it? If and, you and, look at, and that's the market well, we're you, in, I think. I'll give you another one, Dave. Casey Palmer. Well, cost us three even and a half better million. one. Yeah. Cost, yeah. cost us three and a half million. Where are we going to get... I mean, it'd be interesting to say to Swansea at Christmas, right, you can't have him on loan for the rest of the season, but you can buy cough him. Up, cough for, up. For, for, I think for that's the, the bargaining that, that Mark Ashton's going to have to do. He's well, that's where he's got to wear in his corner game, isn't he? The guy's probably on... The, the guy's probably on. Yeah, he could be on twenty grand a week because he came if, from Chelsea. If not a bit more. I, between twenty and twenty-five, it wouldn't surprise me. Maybe that's not all basic, but you know, maybe twenty yeah, grand no, basic, no, twenty-five with bonuses. It wouldn't. But if you look me. at look at him as a player, that's a classic example of where um, would you get that money again, and would he move? Because there For aren't less that money. many. Yeah. 
that there yeah. aren't that many players who are going to walk away from, let's say it's 20 grand a week for the sake yeah. of argument, could be 15, I don't know, but let's say it's 20 grand a week. There aren't many players who can say, well, yeah, I'd rather go somewhere because I think, I bear in mind, he's not playing first-team football at Swansea. He's only on the bench. So you, you imagine, you say, right, OK, then, um, we'll sign you, but the most we can give you is eight grand a week. Which is you still got, more, you know, than 90, still more than 97, 98% of the population. And this is where we talk about the reset. You know, it is the big, you know, that next summer is when a lot of chickens are going to come home to roost. Yeah. Guys, we're on uh, an hour and a quarter now, so uh, I don't know if anybody's... Uh, well, in fact, we've got 33 people listening live at the, at the moment. Um, we can talk uh, more about uh, finances, the detailed bit, maybe on uh, Wednesday, because it is probably more interesting than um, discussing this afternoon's game, which was a big uh, disappointment. We hope that uh, Mark's cat is... Uh, well, or whether that wasn't his missus calling him for tea and the cat was the excuse. But, uh, but um, uh, interesting chat, that last bit, because you guys obviously are into the football finances a lot more than uh, than I am. And uh, apologies, was a guy or person called Cats who was trying to uh, log in and join us. Apologies for not letting you in because we were coming to the end of the broadcast. But thanks to... Um, Ian, Mark, and Dave. I've enjoyed doing this as usual. We've actually got some music that we can play out to now. There's a little feature on here that I've just worked out how it works. So we'll say good night, enjoy the rest of your Saturday, and we will play out to Sunrise Chill Out Beats. Here we go. <laughs> Dear the Lord. Yeah. We're going to hey. need chill it out. <laughs> good show, guys. Cheers, Good guys. Grief. All the best. All the very so. best to everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye. And Merry, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Go on, play out then. Play out then, like an ag up straight away. <laughs> yeah. I bang it up. Oh, I'm, while, while I'm on, if anybody uh, get, get wants to... <laughs> If if anybody, want, if anybody wants to see what I do with the team, if you take a look at my Twitter account, um, yeah. you'll you'll see that I've tweeted what I do against Blackburn and what I do if everyone was fit. So there you can then go. come back. All right. All right. All and the best, boys. Criticise, <laughs> criticise me as much as you want. Bye-bye now. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.